And we're back with Sarah and Will Reed, designers of Project Dreamscape. Welcome to Design Diary, the podcast where you get to look inside my board game design notebook as well as what's going on inside my head. We look at a new word each day from the sense of mechanics, tone, theme, or inspiration for a full game. Today's word is... Nativity. The process or circumstances of being born, especially capitalized, the birth of Jesus. Capitalized is in that definition. Uh, The horoscope at or of the time of one's birth or the place of origin. So what do you have for this? Did you go religious or did you go uh, horoscope or did you go completely different? Uh, Actually, uh, this comes from a different... Uh, what I, I saw was a um, YouTube video, uh, Extra Credits, who uh, talk about video game development. And I found that many times the things they talk about are applicable to board games. And uh, I think they were talking about gender at the time and making games specifically for one gender or another. And they said, you know, most of the time it, it's, it's not a thing because we're all people. Now, if you went out of your way and did something like that's only specific to one gender, like, for example, being a mother and giving birth, that might be a different story. So I then thought about that. It's like, huh, there really isn't a mother game. So I went back to my my Evil Den and started writing down notes. And I had an idea where uh, the player was a mother and they had three children. And at the start of the game, you'd flip up cards that might complicate things. Maybe one of them actually, oops, turns out to be twins. So now you have four children. This is hitting but very you... close to home right now. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, when it went to four, I have three that are twins with two twins. So it's, yeah. it's now become fantasy. So I'm, I'm back on. <laughs> right. So, uh, or maybe one of them has a disability or one of them actually dies in childbirth. And now you're faced with, you know, that grief there. And then the gameplay itself would involve you having a currency, which would essentially be your mother's love. And you would raise children to, you know, try to achieve goals. And when you don't achieve goals, they have setbacks, which might affect the kids in some way. And then you'd have tracks, you know, of how their various character shaped. And then you just keep going until I I forgot what ending I had. The reason why I hadn't pursued it much is because when I got done with all my notes and looked at it, it really felt less like a game and more like just an interesting role-playing activity, which yeah. isn't bad. No, it, it reminded me of Fog of Love. I don't know if you've yes, seen that yet. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, we got a um, – I got really lucky and I won a copy. Um, and it's a really interesting experience. Uh, it, it does have rules, and so you can kind of call it a game, Um more akin to like um, Tales of Arabian Night. It's mm-hmm. it's a yeah. big experience, and so what Will described to me when he was going into detail about it is again, yes, there are rules and there's structure. There's a beginning and there's an end and there's an experience, but there's less of the winning or the losing, which typifies most games. But yeah, that was an interesting concept of there's nothing 
in board games, really, that is specific about being a mother. I mean, there's some games that are about having a family. Testament of Duke de Crecy, right? That yeah, was, that's a family that's tree. That's the one where you're building your yeah, family tree, that, yeah. and it has some of those elements, some of the elements of having children and then it might die in childbirth or you might have twins and then if it's a boy or a girl and you have to get them married and and but that's more of a family tree larger aspect than just being a mother and having to raise a child and the complications of that the, the good and the bad um that goes along with it i think the other thing that scared me is just how serious it was coming across it's like i just I just want to raise these children, but all the <laughs> ideas I was coming up with were like, "Whoa, that's that's heavy." Um, yeah, this is, yeah. This is like one of those games that you'd start, and then at a certain point, you would you're you have a choice: do you give your love to this child who really needs it, or do you give it to this child who's going to have a major setback? So it's like an actual. And then Sophie's what about choice. this other? Ch- yeah, right. And I was like, I, I don't, I don't think I want this experience as much as it sounds really, really awesome. It was stressing me out just coming up with the notes for the game. Well, I have a, like a big dislike for real world games. So anything that's set Mm -hmm. in, in just like where it feels like I'm doing my day job or something in a game. So like (laughs) a game set in an office to me is just like. I don't want to do that at night. Like, I don't want to play that. Um, So this is one of those things, though, it goes so far to reality that it brings in the emotion that I'm I'm hooked way back in. So the the one thing that captures me with reality is is the emotion side of it. So and when you were saying this, I was picturing it. I don't know if you were picturing it as solo, but just to me, that's a yeah, it seemed like a very moving solo experience, which is generally what goes really well with solo people want like lots of story, but not a storytelling game, but they want a lot of, they want the depth and the emotion in their solo games. So it sounds like a really good combination, but I can see how you, what you're saying is it just, there's probably a point where you're just like, I need to put this down for a minute. Yeah, yeah. so I, I might revisit it because uh, it was it was such a moving concept that it was even affecting me just in the initial stages of, okay, how do I plan out the... Uh, the mechanics of this game because I would give um, essentially tracks for like four aspects of the child and each child would have that and you'd work on you know spending things to raise that and cards would get flipped up and then assigned to those various children and and I was just (laughs) (laughs) intimidated I guess is the is a, is a good word for it, but yeah, it was the very origin of a child given this much responsibility and um, seeing it play out. Yeah, I would love to have like almost like a like a snapshot of of the decade or something when you're at the end, mm-hmm. like just like like almost like your look back. Like when I look at photos, my kids are. 10 now like my daughter's 10 and i find photos of her when she was like two and it's just like oh my god you know so just being able to have that in a game i think at like at the end of like a just like a look back is like here's how you did and having some yeah. sort of like that's just really cool 
Yeah, that is one thing that we do like in our games is when you're done playing the game, whether you won or lost, regardless of the game, is having something that you can talk about. You're engaged. So one of the things we love is the city building style games. Yes. You can look at what you've built Mm -hmm. and you can be like, I didn't win, but oh my God, I just built the Bay or, you know, like the Bay Area or... Or Las Vegas because it's all full of casinos. (laughs) So, yes, that's a big thing in like suburbia. Yeah, we love suburbia for that. And so that's one of the neat things is being able to look back at this is what I did in the game. I like I said, may not have won or lost, you know, whatever, but it's a sense of purpose and pride in what you did. And that's with with a legacy game. Like to me, like part of the legacy game excitement is just the, the adventure and the unlock and the seeing what comes next. But to me, it's the it's the relic at the end that you have to, to show your you know your progress and the years you spent playing this game, and that's to me is like you've got this excitement as you go, but you have this thing that you can treasure forever afterwards that's different than everybody else's. Yeah, and, and you're just hoping that at the end that your your little baby's a pretty one and not an ugly <laughs> an ugly little baby. Oh, I have a couple of those going. <laughs> <laughs> I have one where I know my brother's going to win it, so we all just refuse to play it. So <laughs> he just—he's he, just dominated us to the point where we're just like, we're not letting you have that anymore. Oh, so, yeah, it's tough. It's—it's it's one of the. It's gotten to the point where it's gotten in the way of things. <laughs> but it's—it's it's amazing. Like that—that that experience is amazing that we have that. You don't get that with with other games and. No, that's cool. Yeah, I went. We we started playing Charterstone, and it it like rose up to be my favorite. And then we got to the end where I felt some things kind of fell apart, so it dropped back down, oh. not being my number one. But during the whole process of the, like you said, the unlocking, the discovering, exploration, the exploration, the finding new things, it was just the best feeling yeah and having having it well take shape right in front of you and giving things names uh was awesome yeah it's why i really am enjoying fable i'm enjoying fabled fruit it's not a permanent legacy style game but it does have a journey that you go through as you play more and more games and so i've been introducing that to everybody i know and almost everybody's liked it because it's a lighter weight game so i've actually used it to teach worker placement to some of my friends who are, are new to board games and they're really enjoying it and when they come back they're like we, we could pick up where we left off and keep <laughs> going through the forest and making smoothies for whatever reason but it's okay it, it the theme part eh, but the exploration is fun. And just that attachment, just having that attachment to something where it's when the game's over, we don't just go home and come back and do something different. Like when you get to pick back up, that's I that leaves a very, you know, different and lasting impression, which is great. Yep. And it's good for like uh, somebody like it's in the role playing community, but there's a lot of people who just aren't good at like you know the the improv and the acting and or just the yeah. just the just the creative part of of a of a role-playing game now you get to experience that on the tabletop side oh yeah, yeah. which is too bad because i mean the whole key kernel of a role-playing game is that everyone's sitting there and you all have a social contract that it's all up to you to create an interesting story and well like you said, not everyone has the requisite skills 
or the right it. focus because not everybody's there to create a story together. Some people are there for the loot. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, yeah. I've I've played with people that are just that that struggle with that story side or just don't even or the creative side and you even see it in like you play a party game just a very creative party game and you see somebody who just it's not that they're they're having a terrible time they just feel like they can't perform and that's one right. of those yeah. things where these these legacy style games are, are at least you know generating that that ongoing content side of role-playing that i do love Right. Yeah, heck, I was doing that with uh, Sheriff of Nottingham and uh, Snake Oil. Really? Where, oh, yeah. Yeah, each time it came around, I had a new character, a new voice. <laughs> That's great. Oh, he's a hoot. The, either the sheriff or whoever the buyer was oh, for the Snake fun. Oil. That's really yeah, cool. Yeah, it, 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 was, it was a Everyone's it was a cracking up. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, well, this was really fun. I'm glad we, we got to do this. If you want to... Tell everybody how they can get in touch with you and follow along so they can uh, catch up. Yeah, you can uh, find me on Twitter at EurogamerGirl. It's probably the best way to get in contact with uh, either of us. And I am on BoardGameGeek a little bit. Uh, username Silva Shadow, S-I-L-V-A-S-H-A-D-O. And Will? And if you want to find me, I'm always on the Brick Blogger writing articles in the contributor section. It's it's my baby. So it's that's, that's my na- nativity. Oh, uh, I see what you did there. Oh, yeah, me too. All right, cool. Well, thanks, and I, I hope we can do this again sometime because it was great. Yes, it was yep. a lot of fun. Thank you.